Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Don't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast, officially the official podcast for all your movie needs. I am Ryan, and I am joined by Brad. I'm back. Yeah. Where I never went away. I, I never went away. I just, you know, I'm back from last week, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like well, I'm I always mean, here every week. That's, that's an accurate, de- <laughs> that's an accurate description. It's technically correct. What's happened. Yeah. Totally you're, correct. You're back too. <laughs> We're all back. I am. And I, you know, I, I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. Actually, my whole family's been sick for like two weeks. You sound sick. And I haven't gotten it. So what's up? You sound sick. You might have it. I know. Actually, I I, I was going to say this morning, I the last two days I've woken up and my throat's hurt and my nose has been a little clogged, but I'm hoping that's it. <laughs> but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I felt um, that way too. We'll see how I, it goes. I just drank a bunch of orange juice like constantly and did some zinc tablets and doing pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I'm just drinking tons of water. Yeah, that and too. we'll That's see good. how that goes. Um, we'll see. You know, whatever. It is what it is. Chicken ramen. So there's that. Nice. That's helped. Yeah, we went. Uh, we went to a raw uh, a pho restaurant uh, two days ago. That was really good. Yeah, it's like that's always really soothing. Yeah, cold weather and soup just makes soup so much better. Oh uh, yeah, and like pho is so good. I love the complexity of pho. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Um, and there's this uh, pho restaurant in Georgetown that's really, really good. And I got it with uh, it these meatballs. <laughs> it is so fucking good. There is a restaurant that's called uh, Pho King, where it's like pho and then king. Mm-hmm. I have a t-shirt <laughs> with that on it. Um, because uh, a bunch of film people back like in the OSN days, um, they did a skit about that joke exactly and they had made t-shirts of it and handed them out so continue <laughs> uh, yeah so it's good it, but i when i uh, earlier this year i was golfing and when you're when you golf sometimes you'll find you know random golf balls on the course and um i found a novelty one and there was korean writing on it and below it it was f o o and then King 
Long, so it said Fuking Long. That <laughs> 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 had been some like bachelor party, but it was funny. Um, you never know what you're going to find. Uh, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, Brad, I don't know if you know this, but we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. Don't lie to me. That's this not week. true. <laughs> this week we saw The Fablemans. Stay tuned where we will tell you if we recommend the film or not. Play the trailer and then spoil the film. Uh, we also have the big movie news story of the week. And something that we want to talk about, like what we've been watching, um, what we've been playing, what we've been dancing to. I don't know. You tell me we're going to do it. But before we do that, Brad, I have one thing I'm going to ask you about. Okay. So let's say you open up a box of Mike and Ike's. Um, Now, this is the Mega Mix Mike and Ike's. So there's really good flavors there, like peach. And Tropical Punch. I hope it has all the flavors if it's mega. Exactly. So you get one of those. um, It's not like a small box. It's like a movie theater box one, you know, so there's lots of candy in it. So you get it at the grocery store. And I'm not going to eat all that candy in one sitting. So, oh, wait, this isn't about me. This is just a hypothetical. Um, So you have this big box of candy and you don't eat it all. Because, you, you know, you're going to save it. Of course you're going to save it. And so you um, have, let's say, a living room where you uh, didn't feel the best today. So you were watching movies. And uh, your wife or significant other comes home and throws a half a box of Mike and Ike's away. And she threw it away, she said, because they were open. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Mike and Ike's don't go bad. At least not quickly. <laughs> yeah. And so she she thinks I shouldn't be like upset about her throwing out a half a box of Mike and Ike's. To which I replied is I should be upset because that's ridiculous. You know, that's a was it two dollars for the box? So that's a dollar I'm not gonna get back, Brad. Just a dollar throw away. You know, you probably were on, you know, um assignment, you know. I'm guessing five minutes paid for that box. Exactly. Exactly. The fuck? It's never coming back. Bullshit. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, Mike and Ike's don't immediately expire. And if they do, then the bug concessions has a problem because we've got bags and bags yeah, of those well, things. Well, that's what I mean. But I, it's, I think that's the type of candy that you're probably good on, right? Yeah, I'd say, and if anything, shoot. they're just going to get hard first. Yeah, but I don't understand why my wife threw them out to this day. Well, to this hour, because they found out like two hours ago when I was sitting down to watch um, hockey. And I'm like, I said, hey, Laura, where's my Mike and Ike's? Oh, wait, this is hypothetical. Hey, random significant other, uh, where'd my Mike and Ike's go? And their answer was, I threw them away. Could this be like, what? a deflection? Like, it's her birthday today and you forgot? No, no bro, no. I, I just don't I mean understand. this person, not, and not I don't your think wife. anyone can understand. Yeah. yeah uh, don't one. worry, Lori. I'm telling the whole world about how you threw out my Mike and Ike's. And she just flipped me off and says she doesn't care. So, <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, you know, December 25th, you come down, you, you uh, pull the presents out from the tree, and there's like a little box of Mike and Ike's waiting for you. 
yeah. Christmas That's miracle. Dream. <laughs> I wanted nothing else this year except for one box of Mega Mike and Ikes. And I got it. You know what I want to try? Have you seen uh, the Sour Patch Kids coal? Like they just have a box of coal for everybody. It's great. No, I haven't seen those. Yeah, I, I keep trying to pick one up while I'm doing my shops, but uh, I haven't had a chance to. But I've seen them, and I just want—I just want the novelty of it. I did get the Sour Patch Kid peaches. Those are really good. Oh, I've never even heard of those. Yeah, so you know they—they they started doing the watermelons, and now they have a a peach one, and they're really really good because. You know, Sour Patch Kids have that sour, but then they're really sweet afterwards. Mm-hmm. And they're really good. Oh, and then my wife just told me she threw away my peach Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this goddamn house? Sounds like you're in the doghouse for some reason, dude. Dude, I know. Did I make you mad or something, Laura? She just walked away. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's very suspicious. <laughs> Well, that she actually can't hear very well because I don't know. She listens to music really loud and was in band, so you could say anything. And I mean, she's in another room right now, and she wouldn't even hear it. Oh, yeah. Maybe she heard half your sentence of whatever. Like, don't throw away my mic and Ike's. She just she f- didn't hear the don't part, and she thought you're she was supposed <laughs> to throw them out. And here's the, and here's the thing, Brad. I don't even eat that much candy. So if I get candy, it's like, oh, hey, I got something special, like a treat for me today. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't eat candy that much. Fuck. I scraped a dead body out of a motel room today, and all I wanted was one little box of candy. <laughs> Is it too much so to ask? I can get the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it takes Sour Patch Kids to clean out the rotting flesh bacteria that's emanated into my nose <laughs> and down into my throat cavity and calcified. I don't know how science works. <laughs> <Yuck>. <laughs> science. <laughs> I, I, that's how I think it happens. Good thing you had COVID probably helps you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> makes, me, makes me tougher. <laughs> Since you had COVID, like you need extra uh, things that taste like really intense so that you can just get the, the enjoyment of tasting things again, and candy does that for you. Yes, it does. It's the only joy I have in life. <laughs> my wife just throws it away. <laughs> can I just taste the sweetness of candy? Just one no, minute. I threw it away. <laughs> oh, wow, wife. That's mean. That that That's mean, wife. Wait, your wife? I thought this was about somebody else. <laughs> oh yeah you're right that's mean person that is nothing to do with this that'd be really mean for someone else's significant other to do for sure yeah i mean it'd be unheard of unbelievable anywho here's the big news story of the week it's real news see how i'm being cool to zach he's gonna join us maybe later and i know he's really excited about this movie and i decided that i'm gonna you know let him join in on it this Um, feels like a volume four or five episode now that we're doing the review at the end of the show totally screws up our new process just messes everything up just everything up um 
Really, the big news story that happened this week, uh, Brad, is, I don't know if you caught this, but there was this really big story on The Hollywood Reporter about the future of DC and how um, they uh, scrapped Wonder Woman 3 and that uh, Henry Cavell is probably not going to be Superman and the upcoming Aquaman is the last for Jason Momoa. They're basically doing a hard reboot on everything DC. Yeah, maybe. When I first saw that Wonder Woman but, thing, the first thing I thought of, because everyone was reacting very much like they're scrapping Wonder Woman entirely, like, I don't believe that they would throw a very popular female superhero in the DC canon, um, you know, out to pasture. I've uh, immediately thought, oh, they just don't want Patty Jenkins to be in charge of it anymore. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, this whole thing doesn't surprise me that much because they are trying. It seems that they're trying to distance themselves from the Zack Snyder thing because this is a PR nightmare for right. everybody involved. And uh, and overall, the movies didn't turn out that great. I mean, um, I mean, I think the first Wonder Woman is an awesome film. The second one is OK. Yeah, um, I like Man of Steel. But, Man of Steel is fun. I mean, I do think Henry Cavell should get another chance to be Superman because I think he is really good. And it'd be fun to see a Superman in the vein of the 78 Superman where it's just, you know, fun and he's charming and it's not so dour, I think, was is something that I would actually like to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, like I enjoyed all the actors in the Snyderverse in their roles, so... Uh, but you do look at Jason Momoa and you're like, God, that was a perfect Lobo casting visually. Yeah. Um, so that was a missed opportunity. But, uh, you know, I still yeah, enjoyed so we... his take on Aquaman. Like, like we didn't need like yeah. another blonde chiseled jaw, you know, hero. You know, they, they I, I thought it was inspired casting that I way. Agree. I agree. Um, but I think they're, they're just trying to reboot everything, you know, and, um, I know one of their things is they don't want all these, uh, Batmans running around. And so they're only going to focus on the Robert Pattinson Batmans, um, which I'm cool with too. Uh, yeah, it might be worth so, it not to try to get like a, a Batman, like they could do a Justice League without Batman, you know, it almost makes more sense oh, because sure. he's so underpowered. Um, so why not build the Justice League without him? And then once all those characters are finally established and people enjoy it, you know, bring him in in the future one. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things I've always uh, said, and I, I, I know I've said this to you before, is the DC characters, while they're good individually, they need to earn the Justice League. Uh, movie where marvel has done that with the avengers and now they're doing it again with a new set of avengers i I think that's something they have to work on and i think that james gunn is the right person for it and what i like about james gunn doing is we're probably going to get a lot more uh you know characters like an iron man you know because when iron man dropped he wasn't (laughs) an a-list hero by any means Mm -hmm. so um, James Gunn is really good at bringing people like everyone in the Guardians of the Galaxy. No one knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy was until his movie. 
and you know giving them a chance that people like harley quinn who i love will probably get another chance and um you know i don't know static shock or beast boy or something unique to dc to to help sell it because we know we're going to get a batman and superman but make the other movies uh super unique yeah apparently we're still getting blue beetle you know you could do booster gold yeah Uh, plenty of c and d listers could uh james gunn you know has cares about enough that he can probably make that happen so i agree i I think we're uh we're good on the uh, a-list or origin stories so Agreed. So, yeah. This is what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Um, gosh. I guess I'll just throw another uh, couple things at you and you can pick. Um, I watched the Chevy Chase Fletch movies. And the Home Alone movies. Hmm. And obviously, I just came from Batman Returns. And I watched the uh, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 in the theater. So, yeah, take your pick. Uh, What have you not seen? What have I not seen? Yeah, like, uh, (laughs) no, I mean, what of those films did you experience for the first time? Oh, um, I guess the Fletch ones and Home Alone 3. <laughs> uh we'll start with Fletch. Yeah, sorry, nothing great. I mostly watch Law and Order episodes. Um Really? <laughs> yeah, love Law and Order. Um But yeah, Fletch, um yeah. I think uh people's fondness for those movies are a little overrated. <laughs> um the new one I watched this year, Confess Fletch, you know, other than it not being Chevy Chase and it being John Hamm not that different. Um, not super funny to me. Uh, has a couple of good lines because he's is a smart ass. So I, I liked a lot of his comebacks, but plot wise and, uh, 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 mystery wise, not, not a huge, uh, not impressed. So that's where I fell on that. Yeah. Cause you know, I don't mind the films, but when you, people talk about them, you know, someone like Kevin Smith who just, reveres these films and when i watched them i go okay they're there <laughs> yeah i'm sure they're really impressive in 1985 and 1989 which i'd even finish the second one um not that Shit. it was terrible but it was definitely different tonally and i just wasn't engaged enough in what was going on <laughs> to uh continue it I'll, I'll pick it up at some point but uh yeah i think i got halfway through and i was like had to do something else. And I was like, ah, okay, I'm good for now. So <laughs> that's always a positive sign from a movie. Yeah. I'm halfway through and I don't need to watch the rest of it. <laughs> Maybe later. Yeah, when I have nothing else to do. I mean, same thing with the first one. Like I did finish it, but it took me a couple tries. So hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know there was a home alone three. <laughs> what the fuck is home <laughs> alone three about? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so obviously it doesn't have Macaulay Culkin in it. Um, has some new kid, uh, Scarlett Johansson's in it. Oddly enough, that was like my big takeaway really? from it. Yeah, she plays the sister. Um, hmm. so this is an old movie then. Yeah, it's from '97. Wow. Yeah, I think it was either in theaters very quickly, like shortly, or it went straight to home video. Um, 
but yeah, there's this kid. I think his name's Justin Pruitt. He has chicken pox. He's stuck at home. And then there's an international band of thieves <laughs> that are trying to break into his house so they can recover a stolen microchip that ended up in one of his toys for Christmas. Um, yeah. So it's like half spy thriller, half home alone. Um, yeah. Weird. The chips in like this RC car. And uh, yeah, he figures it out and just teases them. And, uh, so is there burglars who try to break in too? Yeah, that's the like the evil like the evil thieves. Like they're on to him mm. and they're trying to break into his house to recover it. And he keeps thwarting them. Um, you know, they're and they're constantly creating these ruses to try to get in. Um, and the police think the kid's crazy. Um, he keeps calling the police on them and they're like microchip and international thieves like that's ridiculous and no it's not <laughs> they're seriously um <laughs> like four of them and they yeah have all this elaborate huh. technology and still are thwarted so by a is it funny kid. is no. it funny like you know because that's you know the fun thing about the home alone is it's funny, but it's also kind of a Looney Tunes style um, cartoon when Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern get hit, you know? Uh, I think it's it's really a lot of just, hey, we're replicating the things we liked about the first and second, and we're just kind of doing it again with a new character. Um, mm. And we've, we've answered it up by creating like um, a national, international incident, like the FBI or the CIA are involved too. Um, you know, when they're writing it, they're trying to figure out, you know, how can we take this up a notch? And I guess their solution was to um, make it more international, not just <laughs> a, a family and a couple thieves, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, uh, but don't you lose some of the intimacy of the first home alone? And the second one, when it's just the family, you make it more contained. <laughs> exactly. Like that was like, as I was watching Home Alone 2 again for like the first time, and I don't know, like 20, 30 years. Um, I like there were parts where I was actually laughing out loud because the, the the gags were so funny and there was like a genuine heart to it. Like it's funny when uh, yeah. um, he goes to the like Central Park for the first time after he gets lost in New York. Um, and he runs into the pigeon lady and uh, he doesn't like freak out. He just looks at her and goes sick. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, uh, like him. Well, also wandering. Too, Cause Kellen, you know, has been watching. I'm sorry. And uh, Macaulay Culkin is funny and charming in him. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, over the years I've gotten this thing and like, I guess the, in pop culture, like Home Alone 2 is like looked down upon, like it's not as good. But I thought it retained the same mm-hmm. kind of try. It's a little more implausible. Um, like they really. Yeah, him being in the hotel and stuff, but. Yeah, and just, um, you know, New York's a big city and he's able to like walk around and not like run into a lot of trouble with things. And then, um, you know, his yeah. parents, like there's a lot of convenience of the wet bandits finding him. Um, and, uh, you know, there's that meme of like, how did uh, Kevin's dad afford like this trip to Paris? Uh, like, what does he do? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and it, apparently, if you really listen to the di- dialogue closely, it's not him that affords it. It's his brother, who's apparently some French millionaire who flew his family or tried to fly his family out to Paris. And then in two, um, they decided to all to go to Miami. Um, and so his brother. That's uh, right. Kevin Hyde. You never know who is. Yeah, you never meet his brother. And his brother's the one with yeah. the uh, the renovated apartment uh, that he escapes to after he gets uh, kicked right. out of the hotel. So because where he tells that's where he tells the wet bandits to meet him at and he sets it up. Gosh. Yeah, it's owned by uh, his uncle. So like people yeah. have forgotten the thread of it's not Kevin's dad. Like Kevin's dad is obviously wealthy anyway because that, you know, house in Chicago, but apparently his brother's loaded because he has a house in New York and Paris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um but yeah, it's yeah, it's really sweet how uh you know he he also helps out that uh the the toy store owner which I forgot about uh, Duncan's toy chest that's where the wet bandits are stealing from in the first place in the sequel um and it was so funny because when he walks like he goes to thwart their plan and he walks up to the uh the window and sees them stealing from the big treasure chest of cash and I'm thinking to myself like man they could wrap up because I like remembered that they had this whole sequence in the toy store of like falling into traps and stuff. And I was like, man, it would really uh, save some like production time and shooting. If Kevin just throws a rock through the window and it sets off the alarm and to bring the cops there. And sure enough, that's what he did. <laughs> and then he escapes to the, that is a uh, uncle's house, but yeah, it's like, Oh, totally called it. Yeah, that's right. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I feel like I'm rambling about home alone way too much. That's all right. The the classics, man. Well, the first one definitely is a classic. Yeah, the first and second one. So. Yeah, like I like I had fondness for them, but it wasn't like you know a holly uh a ho- the holiday go to for me. And so revisiting them now, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I do kind of remember the charm of these. And the second one's pretty much on par with. Uh, although, uh, also, there's one part where um, Kevin goes to like a high point when he's touring the city first, and he's like enjoying his freedom. Um, and he goes to the top of the World Trade Center, and so there's like this big helicopter shot of him mm. on top of it, and there's like a, a helipad up there and everything, and he's just walking around the perimeter and whatnot. I'm thinking to myself, like, so back when the towers were up, you could just go to the top of it. Um, and he's the only he's the only person up there, let alone he's a kid. So I guess you could just walk to the top and take pictures, <laughs> like. Um, you, like- you could. Uh, I forget. I forget which tower it was, but it, there was actually a thing you could do for that. Oh wow, that seems. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's like a little uh, cat a catwalk that goes around, so you're not like going straight to the edge of the ledge or whatever. But it seems very dangerous, and um, just be like, cool kid, just go up there and do your thing, um, uh, all alone. Because yeah, there's no one else up there in that shot. So that's feels like there should be because they get a lot of tourists per day, but nope, just him found that odd. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you just got to hit at the right time and then there'd be no tourists. <laughs> oh, also um, when he's torturing the, the wet bandits in the, uh, uh, the, the brownstone, there's one part where Marv like mm-hmm. touches uh, a sink that has uh, a car battery <laughs> attached to it, so he electrocutes himself. And so he's shaking, like, Daniel's is shaking or whatever. And then like there's a quick insert frame of like a plastic skeleton with his clothes on it. 
<laughs> and I'm like, this is a, a million dollar serious Hollywood picture. And I'm just thinking about in Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van when uh, LeBlanc falls into the acid and we like did the plastic skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, See? They, got, they got away with that in a major movie. And like, I felt bad for doing it in our little budget one as a joke. <laughs> nope. Yeah. See, yeah, that's it's it's um universal. Plastic skeletons are universal because they're always funny. Just it's like probably, a fart joke. It's probably where I got it from. Worked in ninety two, it works in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No no stretch of reality. Just yeah, that's what it would look like. <laughs> so uh this week I was able to uh finally see Clerks three. Oh, and um, yeah, it's really good and surprisingly heartfelt. Surprisingly, um, yeah. It, well, in a w- I guess in a way that I wasn't expecting. Hmm. Um, and how and how Kevin Smith's last few movies have gone. Um, where even uh, reboot is basically just a retread of jokes and not that it's a bad film. It's just um, his trajectory since he uh, stopped making studio films, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, has really focused on, you know, drugs and marijuana and how great it is. And it's just one of those things where you kind of, um, I don't know, you get, get tired of it and um and, and this one was uh he really re uh grounded his universe i think in this one a lot um and to have becky taken away so soon after the end of clerks 2 was uh kind of shocking mm-hmm. um and uh brian o'halloran being such a uh great actor was kind of shocking to me too like he's always good, but I mean, you're asking him to carry a lot um, of emotions in this film, um, and uh, just watching the you know the movie is that Randall and Dante are still working at the convenience store after they bought it at the end of Clerks Two. Um, Jay and Silent Bob own a dispensary next door. Which I like is that they still sell it like it's illegal. <laughs> it's funny. Um, and uh, so Randall suffers a heart attack and um, he decides that he's going to make a film. And uh, as they go through the film, uh, it kind of rehashes a lot of the clerk stuff. and uh, But in a, in, in a fun kind of meta way. And... Um, yeah, it just had a a lot of uh a lot of heart to it and um how how it plays out I think is really fascinating too. And when you watch the documentary uh the two documentaries on the Blu-ray uh that you should get because it's, it ends up being almost 3 hours of bonus features on it. Um Kevin talks about how he wanted after he had his his heart attack which he based the randall story on he was talking to other people and he realized that there's another half 
or more than a half of our people who don't make it. And he wanted to tell that story too. And which, I mean, I guess I can spoil it. I don't care. Um, you know, Dante suffers a heart attack and he does not survive, which I thought was an interesting and kind of shocking turn in the film. And, uh, it's it's one of the times you know actually tears came out of my eyes when he was in the movie theater watching clerks and uh becky shows up to kind of walk him off this earth and um into the afterlife and i i thought it was kind of a little beautiful little thing at the end um so i really enjoyed it and it was it was fun visiting that world again and seeing it uh, play out how it did. So that was my, uh, that was my fun thing I watched this week. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's weird because we saw it so long ago um, and you're only now just getting to it. Um, I do have the Blu-ray at home. I just haven't uh, popped it in yet, but. Uh, I didn't know um, the steel book is at, at Best Buy. The 4k is unique to Best Buy too. Mm-hmm. They um, it's not sold anywhere else. Yeah, I was on I the fence about it because it's not going to match the other cases for the trilogy, but it is mm-hmm. so it, it is unique. So I was like, oh, might as well. Yeah, it's very it's like movie colors, <laughs> very prominently. Uh, it, it's a definitely unique steel book, but um, it's uh, uh, the 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 bonus features are really great on it. Um, so it's definitely worth getting on physical and Kevin has a intro at the beginning. That is what I always say about physical copies is, you know, you're going to get stuff that you won't get anywhere else. And if you want another uh, reason to, so Westworld was canceled by HBO and they're taking it off HBO max. So you won't be able to stream it or watch it. So you're going to have to get the Blu-rays. Because they don't want to pay the actors. That's that's the whole thing behind it. I read right. a whole article about how much it costs to stream things. That's why on uh, HBO Max, who I was always wondering why they don't they only have the current season of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver because they don't want to pay all the other stuff that's associated with it. Because um, every time you stream it, they have to pay for the music, they have to pay the actors. Um, that's why. Um, a lot of them now, the office or friends, is they give them tons of money up front so they don't have to keep on paying them residuals. All right. I can't stay silent forever. I just have to say something at last after 45 minutes of talk. Fuck this company. <laughs> how did you... Uh, well, how... Go ahead, bro. No, go, you go ahead. I was going to say, I knew that was going to happen eventually with this, you know streaming it's gonna it's they're spending way too much money and it's not a you have to have subscriptions cool but then how do you keep on generating money people are always surprised that they cancel things after one or two seasons it's because they need new content so you keep on keep your subscription or get new subscribers yeah doesn't seem like the model that's gonna last nope too many of them are there's too many streaming options and not enough of them are unique you know I mean, yep. I'll tell you right now, if um, I'm going to drop HBO Max, if they 
lean really hard into the reality TV stuff from Discovery, which it sounds like they're doing. So, Ugh. I'm already yeah. on, I'm I'm already starting on the chopping block because they removed Looney Tunes back in action, and I for one will not stand for that bullshit. Um, but yeah, if they if they're gonna insist on reality content over the Warner catalog, then this company has just become a former shell of itself. It's yeah, it's gonna it sound weird. Is. It's gonna it's gonna sound weird, Ryan, but it's almost just like I wish Disney would save it. <laughs> yeah, well, they won't because how much do they pay for it? Forty four billion dollars. Mm, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna happen. Maybe that's why they brought back Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. But anyway, back to Clerks Three. How did you enjoy uh, Elias's pivot into Satanism? Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, you know, I love Kevin Smith, but I also had to endure, um, you know, Harley's boyfriend in it constantly. Um, oh, is that who blockchain then, is? Yeah. And then during the making of, because Harley's not in it very much. I think she's only in the at the funeral scene, maybe. Yeah, yeah. she's playing Jay's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so they're interviewing her for the documentary and she says, and my boyfriend, he's so cute up there. I said, Oh my God. <laughs> Must be nice. But I forgot he, uh, the first, I remember that kid and I said, man, I've seen that kid before. And then I watched uh, scary stories to tell in the dark with Kellen. And he's, um, he's one of the kids in that movie. Oh, nice. I said, Oh, that's where I know him from. Hmm. To be fair, though, Ryan, when you get a bunch of money to make a movie, you're going to put your boyfriend in it, too, aren't you? Uh, I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. will be in it. We'll see. <laughs> money. I meant Brad, but okay. <laughs> no, we broke well, up years I mean, ago. I'll... You yeah, did? I mean, oh. I'll yeah. interview Brad for the directing job, and we'll see if he can, he'll be up to the task of but directing my Friday automatic... 13th movie. But your breakup will automatically constitute a conflict. <laughs> Yeah, I'm down to direct Robert Downey Jr. I'll do it. Sweet. Actually, I'll, he'll probably direct me. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're not going to do that shot. <laughs> yeah, Robert. Yes, um, can I get a little more emotion out of you? It's like, excuse me? You're right. Let's do it your way. <laughs> <laughs> Just cave immediately <laughs> to everything he says. <laughs> I would. Because <laughs> he'd be saying, eh, what's your name again? And you'll say, I'm I'm Brad. Yeah, well, I'm Robert Downey Jr. And I don't care what you say. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Mr. Jr. I'll, uh, uh, can I get you coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I made a documentary called Senior. I'll make another one called Eh? And it'll be about you. Another two-letter documentary. Uh, this week, Unreal Nerds Podcast, we saw The Fablemans. Brad, do you recommend The Fablemans? Uh, gosh, let me think about a movie that I saw like a month ago. Um, yeah, I guess, um, you know, Spielberg makes quality stuff, but also I, I, I think about how this story, um, if it wasn't Spielberg, how impressive it would be. Because um, I w- was hoping for more film background from him and basically biography wise he starts a genius uh 
from day one and never runs any any uh trouble making film uh the film is mostly around uh his personal experience with his parents divorce and that's the movie you're getting mostly and uh that's fine but parents getting divorced isn't that unique um you know he doesn't have like a unique angle on it in this movie so it's fine it's fine for me zach um i think i'm in the opposite camp from brad because um i love that he's not leaning as much into film as he probably could um the the conflict that I see is with his father primarily when it comes to film and also conflicts with his mother involving what leads to the split, which we'll talk about in the spoilers. But uh, this is one of my favorite films of the year, hands down. Um, and uh, uh, the, the, I, I, my personal opinion is this needs to be seen on a big screen. If nothing else for the final shot of the movie. Um, but we'll talk about it as we, go along into spoilers but yeah i think you should go see it and i think you should go see it before people uh start taking it out of the theaters in lieu of in favor of avatar because man that i can see those theaters dwindling bit by bit now uh yeah i, I mean i recommend it as well uh i think i'm in between uh zach and brad on this where i, I think the film is really nice and um the performances are really good the the kid who plays Sammy in the high school years is really, really good. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, I don't know. That just sounds bad. I mean, I did enjoy the film, but I also felt like it really wasn't doing anything. It was just a day in the life of, um, and that's it. You know, there's, Oh, this is my dad who doesn't support me. And I kept on thinking of, you know, weird, the Ali Yankovic story. <laughs> and, um, I was about to say that too. That's pretty much, uh, we, we, his dad's like, I just feel like it would be best if you didn't do the things you loved. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> and that's, but the movie is really well made. Um, I, I still enjoyed a lot of parts of it. And, um, but yeah, I think you should go see it. Here's the trailer for The Fablemans. Movies are dreams. That you never forget. Sammy? change how everything looks it's hard to find our house ours is the dark house with no lights in this family it's the scientists versus the artists sammy's on my team takes after me what he does it's playful or imaginative you could afford to be a little encouraging she should have been the concert piano player 
What she got in her heart is what you got. You can't just love something, you also have to take care of it. It's more important than your hobby. Can you stop calling it a hobby? Mom got a monkey! Why'd you get a monkey? Because I needed a laugh. Always have to be the center of attention. Stop shouting at her! That has been nothing but disrespect from you! I'm your mother! Family, art, it'll tear you in two. You stop making movies, it'll break your mother's heart. I don't know what to do anymore. You do what your heart says you have to. What was your favorite part? The Fablemans is a semi-autobiographical film by Steven Spielberg. And I think he co-wrote it with Tony Kushner. Um, in it, this uh, boy named uh, Sam Fableman uh, goes to see his first film, which is The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh which is a CC, uh, Cecil guy can't DeMille um, film. And he sees the train wreck in it and it changes his life. And he decides he's going to make film. And so as I don't know, was he like five or six? And he makes it like an incredible like uh, super eight film of a train crashing. Yeah, fortunately um, for him in, I don't know, 1940, whatever, uh, his dad already has access to a camera. So he doesn't have to work hard to get one. Yep. I mean, he so, does. Um, he eventually does for his own, but like, you know, as soon as he comes home from the theater, he's ready to go making films. It's 1952. Home home cameras aren't a, aren't an oddity on the market. Yeah, they're $29.99. I learned that at uh, the Alamo before the movie. <laughs> right, which would be a lot of money, but like he probably had it for himself because he's a tech. The, the his father's character is a tech nut in the movie and works yeah. for RCA. I think it is exactly. I'm just saying he's fortunate that that worked out oh, really okay. quickly for him. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So yeah, so he um he has sisters and. Uh, uh, what appears to be a loving uh, mother and father. They have a best friend named Benny who comes over all the time and has dinner. Um, he has meddling uh, mother-in-law and mother. And it, uh, as the story goes along, Sammy is more and more interested in making film. And his dad keeps on getting um, better jobs, making his family move which creates rifts in the family, um, which eventually boils over on a camping trip in, when they're in Phoenix, where Sammy captures his mom and Benny being more than just friends. And um, it leads to a conflict within the family. And that's how it plays out. And, I mean, they, they, they paint it as no one's really the bad guy in it. Um you know, because even though the mom is in, I guess the mom is kind of the bad person, but she's a good mom. And uh, the dad is just so, fo I guess they both have faults. He's so focused on work that he neglects his family and doesn't care that they move. The mom is 
having an affair with the best friend um and, and, and she, sammy's and put, just trying to get by and she's put her like music career on hold to you know raise the family so right. her free spirit is being um neglected you know um so yeah there's not really a villain except for the the kids at the high school who are straight up uh oh yeah anti-semites which is sad because that's probably not that big of an exaggeration you know oh i'm sure i I would i would doubt it's i think it would probably be as accurate if not maybe restrained it's it's 100 percent accurate because he has sammy do that wink and nod to the camera where of like I swear I would never put your story in a, in a film that I do, which is literally this film. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing that I guy was, was real. I like that fun line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, you know, um, so when Sammy's at that high school, he gets picked on for being Jewish and he ends up meeting this girl named Monica who becomes his girlfriend. And, you know, she, her dad has some fancy camera that he uses to film senior ditch day, which, it's a quote unquote ditch day, but they all go to the beach and have uh, fun. Kind of like a field day <laughs> when uh, we were young. And actually that part was probably the most moving for me is he films, you know, the thing and he makes his nemesis, this Logan kid seem like a hero. And by doing that, it just proved to, uh, Logan how much better of a person Sammy is than him because he has that moment in the hallway with him which I thought was really great about him saying why did he do it and he said I just pointed my camera and it captured it and you know the Logan kid says well I know that you did it on purpose which he did he made him look like a hero he gave him hero shots which was established earlier in his war film you know mm-hmm. yeah and it helped drive a wedge between Logan and his friend who was really yeah. much worse to him and showed like what a loser that guy was to the whole school. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That one was fun. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just a fun coming of age movie. Um, yeah. And like I said, I, I never really felt like there was this really big central conflict to it, um, but it's, it's well made. It's beautifully shot. All the actors are great in it. Uh, yeah, Judd so Hirsch's yeah. uh, one or two scenes right in the middle there. Just oh, um, oh my god, is Boris? Oh, yeah, that was a great scene. Because I was watching, I was like, "Best supporting actor." There you go, right there. Yep, I'm calling it. <laughs> he, 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 he literally has his Oscar clip is when he's talking about art, exactly, and love and family. So, um, yeah, I. I want to like, I, I, I got to tell you, like I've, I've been enamored by this idea. Cause I, I don't remember where I read this, but I remember somebody was being interviewed and had worked with Spielberg before on something and made notion to the fact of like Spielberg would like to make darker movies like a David Lynch would. Um, and that was just one of the examples used. It's not saying he wants to make David Lynch films, but the problem is, is that the, the business that he set himself up for, early on doesn't allow that in the market necessarily. And I guess as we're finding out in the box office returns, nobody's really interested in this film. Whereas I feel like they should be. 
Um, but I love watching... the film wasn't well promoted. Well, that, that's that's another <laughs> element of it. But um, I, I wanted to point to the idea of like I enjoyed watching Spielberg. Not uh, not as concerned with spectacle, both, whether historical or or fictional um, and just kind of dealing with that day to day thing. I think that that's why I love the movie is that he is. He's stretching himself in a place that he doesn't get to go to often. He is handling it expertly as you would expect him to. And he is centering his, the set, the set piece, if you will, is the domestic deterioration. And I love that you, you get to watch him work with rough, but not maybe completely rough material involving the dissolution of the marriage with Michelle Williams and Paul Dano. And I think he allows for things to become as subtle as they need to be or as grand as they need to be in, in the way that he's normally wonderful at. I just, I feel like this is a film where I got to watch him basically do an actor's exercise where there's no historical connotation attached to it in terms of like grand U S history. There's not a sci-fi spectacle attached to it. It is just a human story, plain and simple. Um, he's stripped a lot of veneers out of it. Um, and and to watch the back half of the film and the way everything deteriorates into these honest anecdotes that form the final breakup of the marriage, I just liked watching through his eyes what that felt like. Um, is it a little bit like self-important to kind of tell your own story on film? Yeah, but I like I like that he wasn't shying away from the fact that this is this story. Some people make that kind of film and just completely ignore that it's about them. Um, so at least he's honest about it. And I have, don't think I have been enamored with Michelle Williams in a movie like this since maybe Blue Valentine. She's great in Manchester by the Sea, but man, she knocks it out of the park in this movie. Um, you couldn't get into I, her in Venom? Like... <laughs> We all need money, Brad. We enamored all... in Venom. <laughs> Brad, Brad, we all need money. We all need we all need to make a living. I'm gonna I'm just gonna leave it there. Um, but um I get what you're saying though. Uh and Paul Dano, I love how he's kind of playing this. He's not he never really gets angry, like in that film, apart from like one or two times. It's a very reserved performance as his father. And by the time you reach the climax of him basically accepting that this is what his son wants to do. It is a very, it's a satisfying conclusion to a story we've seen so many times before, but because Spielberg is infusing it with what he has learned over the last 70 years or so of filmmaking, there's something about it that I think it makes it stand out from stories that usually go down this route. Um, and as far as it, like I said something about earlier about being in a theater, I think that there is scale to this human story, whether it is the scenes of him making a war, war a war movie or the beach movie there's something about watching it on a big screen that feels a lot more appropriate for this kind of story and that final shot of the movie after my favorite scene in the movie <laughs> which was had my j jaw on the fucking floor cuz i knew who was cast i didn't know this is what he was going to do so when I finally realized there's only one other thing he can do in the movie, my fucking jaw dropped to the floor. That scene of the John Ford story is hands down one of my favorite scenes in a movie this year. 
it is just fucking accurate <laughs> to a fucking sin. But that final shot of the film of adjusting the frame, I just thought was so lovely. It's so cheesy and it's so on the nose, but it was so damn lovely to watch the lesson he just learned and just accumulating all the lessons he has learned is like the the ending is him finally starting to understand how to make a good movie. And I, I really liked that. I appreciated that. It made me cry. So I get that it's probably not as fun to watch in a theater when you can probably go watch Avatar next week. But I really thought this was a story that should have had a bigger audience. I, I hope it gets its audience eventually. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Because that scene's awesome. <laughs> you know, he goes to, <laughs> he goes into but, John I, Ford's office. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I should have said that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really big setup because John Ford comes in and he's all pissed off and he takes a long time lighting his cigar. And he says, Hey kid, tell me about that painting. And he says, okay, well, it's a couple of cowboys. Where's the horizon? <laughs> yep. And he points to um, the bottom. He's like, the bottom of the frame. He's like, okay, look at that picture over there. And he starts explaining the picture. He's like, no, where's the horizon? And he says on the top, he's like, good, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, now you know how to make a movie as long as you know where the horizon should be. That's a story yeah. he told in a John Ford documentary uh, that – I remember seeing that for the first time going like, man, that's going to make a great moment in his Spielberg biopic <laughs> cut to years later. I just, I love that all David Lynch wanted was a bag of Cheetos on craft services <laughs> and a chance to wear the costume for a week <laughs> to get into the role of John Ford. <laughs> Madman. And he's really good. He, I want a John Ford biopic now with David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> and just deal with all the complicated issues surrounding John Ford. That was just so fucking funny. I, I, it was a great way to end the movie. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. And then the, like the little fun realizing Tilt, that yeah. the horizon's in the middle and they, he readjusts the camera. Yeah. It's a beautiful touch. It's a very beautiful touch. Um, good shit. Anyway, so, good yeah. movie. People should yeah. watch it. It's fun. <laughs> well, fun. <laughs> I will say it's it, it's heavy. Like I mean, I cried and was like, I was just. It, it's it's you know it's familial relationships. We all have strife in our family and whatnot. And I think there's relatability throughout that film, regardless of what your upbringing was. Yeah, I still think the movie's fun, though. I, I mean, there is some heaviness to it, but it's also still about a kid discovering his passion for making film, and I think that's it's fun. Yeah, and growing up in general, like the scenes at prom, <laughs> like I I know you were talking about the confrontation in the hallway, but also like when he's just like I love you, and it's just like I want to get married right now, and it's just like whoa 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 whoa, <laughs> back up. You, you've only met this girl for oh the scene where she's trying to get him to pray. Yeah, I have never uh, I have an uncomfortable I haven't had an uncomfortable laugh in a while in a movie theater, and that was an uncomfortable laugh. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 young woman who plays Monica is really good. Oh yeah. Fantastic. And Seth Rogen was good too. Was yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh next week on Real Nerds, we'll be 
reviewing Avatar, Way of the Water. Um, and <laughs> Film Flosion <laughs> will <laughs> we give everyone we'll a chance. <laughs> uh, Film Explosion will be recorded January 8th, so start thinking about your lists and because um, we'll have our year-end blowout the 8th of January. Sweet. Which I got the okay for at the bug, so we will be recording there. Nice. What uh, the evening, right? You wanted evening? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's easier for me, but I mean, it doesn't matter. Same for me, so long as it's on a, on a, on a Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. It's a Sunday. I think it's Monday. Monday. Is it Sunday? Yeah. Then it'll be fine. It's one of those days. You oh. tell me. Oh, Corinne has a uh, showtime for this week. Oh, cool. Here's what Corinne has to say about some anime, I'm guessing. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for another installment of Showtime, where I tell you all about something cool I've been watching lately. This week, I'm going to talk about another anime, because of course I am. Uh, It's called The Devil is a Part-Timer. And even though it came out several years ago, I had never heard of it. Um, And I, I, I understand that a second season just came out this year. I guess the first season came out, I don't know, maybe eight, seven, eight years ago. Um, but yeah, I'd never heard of it, and I only got to watch the first season so far. I might watch the second. I'm still kind of up in the air about it. But uh, <laughs> I sent a clip of it to Ryan because the opening four minutes are like actually really legit good. And then after that, it I won't say it's bad, but it really changes like tone and direction. Like, it starts off as this very, like, dark, action-packed, gritty anime, and then it morphs into, like, a comedy, like, like very, 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 you know, comedic anime. I won't say it's, like, romantic comedy. I mean, it does have elements of that, but it's very much just, like, pure humor, and, um, and, like, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't bad. But I just kind of had to be like, okay, I need to, like, adjust to this. Because you gave, like, we started off with this, and then we switched to that. And (laughs) they're both good, but in the same show, it's a little, I think it's a little jarring. Um, So, anyway, so the premise is that they, uh, most of the main characters are from this fictional world called Ente Isla. And there's been this, like, long-raging battle um, between demons and humans. And the demons are led by Satan, of course. And he's, like, the literal devil. He's the king of the demons. And the humans kind of deal this major blow, and he decides to retreat. But instead of retreating, like, physically, he retreats into this uh, portal to another world, which we discover is our world. And he transforms into, like, a human, and he has, like, a human body, and he looks like a teenager. So, and he has some magic, but it's very limited, and he can't, like, use it a lot because he can't resupply. So he has to be very careful with the magic he does use. And so he decides, like, well, you know, we can't go back to Inte Isla. We have to stay here until we can figure out how to gather more magic. And inevitably, like, he has to get a job, and so he starts working part-time at a McDonald's, which is, like, a fake mcdonald's uh but it's yeah it's again very wacky and (laughs) it if it had just been an anime about that first four minutes where they're back in Inte isla and they're fighting the war like i would have watched a whole show about that 
Um, and I'm sure Ryan would have too, because I sent him the clip and he's like, I kind of get it, you know, but I'm like, yeah, the rest of the show is very different from this. <laughs> um, and I don't think he would like it, but, um, it was okay. I, I like aspects of it. I do think like the premise in and of itself is very hilarious. Again, I wish they hadn't teased us with like that first four minute intro that was like so good that I'm like, damn it. I wish that we could have watched that anime instead. And they do kind of keep flashing back to Intei Isla and we get to see different, um, you know, different characters' backstories. And it's always a little jarring because I'm like, yeah, that, that world is like way better than this world. Um, but again, yeah, the premise is kind of fun and it is really weird to see like all these, you know, super powered beings kind of coming into the real world and having to deal with like real world problems. Um, and like trying to figure out like, oh, can I use magic? Can I not? Or, you know, when and how to use it and... Yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> um, it, it kind of falls flat for me sometimes because characters... Mm, I don't want to give too much away. But they kind of just very easily forgive each other for huge, like, egregious things. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's like, oh, these characters will be responsible for another character's, like, like the entire land being destroyed or their loved ones dying. And they're all just chilling together. And, and I know part of it's, like, out of necessity, but they don't always couch it as, like, oh, like, I have to look after you because it's just more of, like, hey, we're all just here hanging out. I don't know. Um, and then also, some characters kind of appear and reappear without much rhyme or reason. There's, like, midway through the first season, these two characters show up from Inte Isla, and I figured they were going to factor into the plot a lot more. But they just show up for like half a, half an episode and then they leave again. I was like, well, what was the whole point of that? They just showed up to do nothing? I, I don't... And then there's like kind of a recurring villain who shows up midway through. And then they say some offhanded remark about like, oh, we gave him to the cops. And then he shows up again at the end. And I was like, what? I guess he was just hanging out in a hospital that whole time? I, I don't... It was just weird. So... Yeah, again, I'm kind of up in the air as to whether I want to watch season two. I've seen some clips of what happens in season two. The animation style is a little bit different, and it doesn't look quite as good or quite as fluid as it did before. Um, again, it's been several years since season one came out, so it might be a completely different studio, or at the very least, different animators working on it, and you know how the animation industry is right now, so it's like, I don't blame them. I just, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean I have to watch it, though. And, you know, the story points that I've seen in the clips of season two, I'm like, I'm not really on board with that. So, yeah, again, I'm up in the air. But if you want to check it out, it's called The Devil is a Part-Timer. It's on Hulu. Um, it's also on Tubi. But I watched the dub version because, as I say, I think that comedy translates better when you don't have to read it. So I watched the dub version on Hulu. But if you want to watch the sub version, it's free on Tubi. So, anyway, just thought I'd share that. Again, the devil is a part-timer. The premise is, again, wackadoodle, but figured I'd share it with y'all. So, I will talk to you guys soon with something. I uh, still have three Tenda Yuma <clears throat> that I need to do, both uh, the old and the new versions. I also am about to pick up Miss Scarlet and the Duke from the library. Um, I think I said, like, I only watched part of season two I didn't get to see season one 
or the first half of season two. So I need to catch up with that. But I'll no doubt check back in with you guys uh, maybe after the new year about that show. But anyway, just wanted to share and uh, hope you guys are having fun. And I'll talk to you soon with something. Bye. All right. So my total guess was a total correct guess. You nailed it. Yeah. You're psychic, dude. And I'm I'm interested only because the devil's in the name. I really just want to see devils rip people in half and like bowl with people's heads and the pins are children that are strapped to stakes. My my personal opinion is that the devil, my devil should just always wear Prada. Just gonna throw that out there. Or he went down to Georgia. I don't know. Yes. One or the uh... other. Or all the devil all the time, or whatever that the devil all the time. What was that movie with Tom Holland? <laughs> the devil all the time. That's right. Yeah, the movie's awesome. Yeah, if you want to be, be, if you want to be depressed, I recommend it. Yeah, if you want a two and a half hour kick in the pants, <laughs> enjoy the devil all the time. Cool. Well, wonderful. We'll see you next week at the movies. Bye. I see you. Bye. Well, Sean, a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd will give it all he got. Let's catch on. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.